Well, good morning. Pretend like someone responded. Um, turn it, there we go. Um, uh, if you turn your Bibles, we're continually going through, not continually, we'll just start all over. We're going through the Sermon on the Mount. We're in Matthew chapter 6. Last week we talked about um, we're called to give and be generous because God is generous to us. This week, we're talking about prayer, and we'll cover prayer again next week, and then the week after, we'll, go, we'll cover fasting. Um, so if you, I think these are really significant because at the beginning of chapter 6, it says, beware of practicing your righteousness in front of people, in front of others. And this comes under that warning. So the warning isn't just in how you give. The warning is also how you pray, what is your motivation as you pray, and then we'll, as we move along, we'll get to the motivation as we fast. So in this um, section, the Sermon on the Mount, this is how does God meet our needs? How do we communicate our needs to God? Living within the kingdom of God as uh, God is our king, he's the great provider, how does he meet our need? And the way that he meets our need is also the way that we communicate our need. So we're called to communicate our need through prayer. And what that does is it um, encourages our relationship with God. And it also acknowledges that he is really God, that we are not. Let me read this passage. This is Matthew 6, and I'll read verses 5 through 8. It says, And when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and in the street corners that they may be seen by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you pray, go to your room, shut the door, pray to your Father who is in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask him. So to be consistent, let's pray. Lord God, you are the great God of creation. You are uh, the Redeemer, and we come before you, and we ask you that you would guide us as we look at this passage on prayer, that you would show us what is prayer supposed to be, the calling to it, and the blessing of it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So as we look through this, first we'll answer the simple question. Uh, why pray? Why even spend time praying? Because if we're honest, it seems completely inefficient sometimes and almost a waste of time. And then we'll look at what is prayer, and then we'll look at this passage a little more in-depthly. But the first question is, why pray? Why would we even pray? Uh, here are some reasons. First, prayer is our first act of faith. Uh, our first a movement toward God is a response to his movement toward us. Um, understanding what Jesus has done, uh, our eyes being opened by the Holy Spirit, we, we, the first action is to repent of our sin and to pray to God that we would hold on to Jesus in the redemption that Jesus provided. It's our first act of faith, but it's also always an act of faith. It's not like it is done at one time, and then we can mark that off our list that we've spent time in prayer, and then we can move on to more 
glorious spiritual things that might be more noticed by people and we might like a little more. This is how you and I commune with God. This is how we're reminded of who God is and who we are, and we're put in our proper place. So it's our first act of faith. Prayer is an ought. It is a moral imperative. Uh, It is a command. You and I are called to pray. Uh, So when you are trying to figure out the will of God for your life, and you want God to tell you what you're supposed to do, and uh, you're in a state of confusion, which we've all gone through those seasons, uh, I can tell you very clearly that the will of God for your life is you pray. That you rest in Jesus, in what he has done, and you live a life of prayer. That is the will of God for you and me as God's children. That's what we're called to do. We're called to pray. Prayer is a part of our new nature as Christians. Just like uh, the nature of a child is to cry and scream in the middle of the night when you are trying to sleep as parents, the nature of a Christian is to pray. This is part of who you and I are, are to be in our new creation, in our new nature. We are called to be people of prayer. Prayer is a necessity. It may not rank high on our personal to-do list, but throughout the Bible, God calls his people to pray. Here Jesus teaches on three activities that should define the people of God's kingdom. And these three characteristics in this chapter are we're to be generous, we're to pray, and we're to fast. How do you and I communicate our need to the great king of creation It is through this act of prayer. Prayer reveals our heart's true devotion also. And that's what's happening here in this passage is the religious leaders uh, are trying to uh, win over the respective people by their religious activity. So the true devotion of people like that, which when we're very honest, it includes us. We like to appear very spiritually mature. And what prayer does is it really lets us see what is our true devotion. Is our true devotion that we want to be respected by people? Or is our true devotion to the God that not only made us, but redeemed us? Prayer is the root of the strong tree that bears good fruit. This is what's happening with the religious leaders. They are too concerned about bearing good fruit... And they don't understand to bear good fruit, what you need are healthy roots. And healthy roots in our life as Christians is a life of prayer. Prayer is the method God uses to impact this world. Uh, And these are all, if you hear all these, these are all like legal reasons why you need to do this. And they're okay And they're fine, and it's part of Scripture. This is a command. But as we move this passage, I not only want to communicate this is God's calling that you you and I pray, but I want you to see the motivation is God's hospitality and initiation and welcoming to us. Because each of those can encourage us to be more active in our prayer life. But I, I do not want 
to be a group of legalists that we only pray because we legally have to pray because it's part of our nature. I want us to be a community that has an affection for God because we see what God, the relationship that God has welcomed us into. And we can move down that road in prayer. But Scripture has both of them. So they're both helpful in our motivation. You know, as we hear this one, uh, this last one, prayer is the method God uses to impact the world. Uh, We like that and we'll acknowledge that. But uh, we really would rather do more organizational and leadership and development things in the church. Because we like those a little better. Can you give me a small group to lead? Can I uh, teach something? Can I uh, organize groups? Can I do something that I can get my arms around that won't be so mysterious as prayer? But this is the way that God transforms people. Prayer. It is very simple. But we don't like it because it's really hard. God's children, you and I, those who trust in Jesus, we are called to be people of prayer. We are called to bring everything before our Heavenly Father because He has initiated that relationship. We are called to come to Him with every concern, worry, brokenness, anger, frustration in our life. And we are called to communicate that to Him. That is the relationship that God has initiated with us. What is prayer? Prayer is simply an encounter with God. It is you as an individual encountering God. And specifically in this text, it says, uh, go find a quiet place and shut the door. Doesn't mean you have to have a door on the room. The, the big idea here is don't treat prayer as something showy. Treat prayer as something that you have with the God of all creation. And it's a part of your relationship. You want to grow spiritually? You want to grow in your faith? Pray. Spend time in prayer. What is prayer? It's just you communicating with God. God in his grace communicates with us through his word. We have it in front of us. And God would have been, uh, he could have easily said, all I will give you is my word. And don't you dare try to communicate with me because I've given you everything. So why don't you just go and work? But what he says is, I've communicated with you through my word. And then he says, I want you to communicate back to me. I want you to share the burdens and hurts, the excitement, the encouragement of your life. He wants this communication from us. It could be intimidating thinking about the God of creation who made all things, who is more glorious than we can ever imagine, has invited us into his presence to communicate the things that worry and concern us. But if we remember that he is the one who's initiated this, he has moved toward you. He has paved this road. He's the one who holds you. You do not need to come with fancy words special clothes. He has done everything to provide you with a way to communicate to him. We can't add anything to it that's going to impress him. Prayer is really the receiving of this invitation. 
It's acknowledging that uh, the God of creation has provided peace and rest and forgiveness in Jesus, and this road is paved, and that he calls us to walk by faith and communicate back to him by prayer. But it can be intimidating. Uh, We live in a highly edited society. Uh, This has come to light in the last probably year and a half when Karen and I were interviewed on some radio shows, and I, I hate having my voice recorded. I know, it make, I'm very inconsistent. Um, but I would go, and I would always, what would give me comfort was that there's an editor. <laughs> so when I say something and think, I just mumbled through that, didn't make any sense, I know the editor is going to clean it up. You do the same thing. You write an email, and you read it, if you proofread it. But, uh, whoop, periods, commas, change things around, texts. Uh, you do the same thing with Facebook. We have a highly edited society, but the one thing that is not edited is the spontaneous one-on-one communication between two people. It's not edited. And it's, there's something that fumbles along in it. Uh, it's not as smooth as you want it to be. This is the reality of life. This is also the reality of your prayer life. It does not have to be polished or edited or cleaned up. God can handle anything you can say. And he invites you to communicate Anything that you feel like you want to communicate with him. When someone invites you over for dinner, we usually ask, yeah, we'll come for dinner, and what do you want us to bring? And they say, well, bring bread. Okay, we'll bring bread. And uh, you show up at their house with your bread. What if you showed up at their house with an entire meal in your car? Because you really didn't trust that they knew what it meant to have you over for dinner. So you cook everything You have all the dishes, you have chairs, you throw a table in because you think these people have no idea what it means to invite someone over. And this is how we deal with God sometimes in our prayer. We think God really can't, he doesn't really mean it, that he wants us to move toward him with all of the junk in our life. Somehow we think he can't handle it. And we need to bring, bring things to impress him so that he can receive our prayer. The only reason that God receives your prayer is because of the perfect work of Jesus. Our struggle is we don't believe it. We don't believe it. When you pray, do this. This is what this passage says. You must not be critical, though, of the Jews here. Um, because uh, Jesus is very clear about what they're doing wrong. Our tendency is very critical of uh, people long ago thinking, well, they didn't really know as much as we do because we're so spiritually mature. They struggle with the same things, struggle with the same things that you and I struggle with, trying to appear more religious or spiritual than we actually are and aiming for that. And what happens is the object of prayer ceases to be God and it becomes the people that are in front of you. Someone told me years ago, uh, people are never as spiritually mature as you think they are. I think that's a wonderful phrase. uh, And I tell it to you, so first you can apply it to me. (laughs) But it reminds me, people are never as spiritually mature as you think they are. But we try to appear more spiritual, more righteous, more good, more perfect, more practiced than we actually are. 
And this is what private prayer does. It brings us back to the reality of our life. Public prayer without private prayer becomes a showy, pharisaical activity. It becomes hypocritical. Ask these three questions of your prayer life. How much of my public prayer is to draw people to myself? How does the character of my prayer change when I'm in public? Are you drawn to to public prayer more than private prayer? Jesus is not prohibiting public prayer. He's prohibiting the wrong object of prayer. And that's what he's addressing. We do this in simple ways, I think, in, uh, the, in Christian circles, is we, people tell us something, and our automatic reaction is to tell them, oh, I will pray for you. I wish there was a statistic of how many times we actually prayed for that person, because I think it is small. Uh, instead of taking the time to say, you know what, let me just pray for you right now. And just acknowledge, because I'm going to forget. I'm not going to make time for it. And so I'll just pray for you right now. God has given us this avenue of prayer to have a deeper communion with him and deeper communion with the people in the body of Christ and your neighbors and your coworkers. If we look, at our, if we look honestly at our motives, uh, we may reveal more hypocrisy than we care to admit with our prayer. The best way to battle your desire for spiritual respect is to practice private prayer. This is to be a part of who we are. This is our nature as a people of God. And it says, when you pray, do this. Quietly meet with the God of all creation, the one who has made you and purchased you, and pray. Simple, heartfelt, honest words are what God is asking of us. That's all it is. Simply you communicating with God. Think about how do you communicate with the people that are close to you? How do you communicate with your husband or wife or friend or neighbor or children? Uh, You have a regular, unedited, uncleaned up conversation with that person. This is what prayer is. Um, And I've said this before, and this is another thing that always goes through my mind. Uh, This is very simple, but it's very hard. But what we want to do is make it really complicated so then we have an excuse why we don't pray. We'll say, ah, prayer's too complicated. I just don't get it. I don't have the right words. I don't have religious language. Well, that's not prayer, if that's what you're thinking of. Prayer is very simple. How do you communicate with someone close to you? That's what God is asking us to do with him. It is very simple. When you pray, do not do this. When you pray, do not keep, uh, do keep the object of your prayers, God. Your Father knows what you need. He's your Father. He's my Father. He, is, uh, he has an affectionate love for you and me as his children. And he is welcoming and he's initiated and completed the relationship. He wants you and I to come to him and communicate. 
Notice the freedom of this calling to prayer. It doesn't say when. It doesn't say where. It doesn't say how. It doesn't say these are the exact words you use. It just says pray. And this is where we get lost because we think, nope, it's got to be more complicated. Because if God is that holy, there's no way I could enter into a relationship with him without something fancy. But that's not the God of the Bible. The calling to prayer is to keep, um, is not to keep certain rules about prayer. It's to pray. Simply to pray. First Thessalonians 5 says, Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Uh, the will of God for you and me as God's children is that we pray. We communicate our needs, our burdens, our hurt, our anger. We communicate those things to God. He can handle anything you can say. And as much as he can handle anything you can say, he can also handle anything you can't say. And I feel like that's where, after care passed away, I would just sit in a chair, and I didn't have words. I remember I would just say, help. That's all I could say. He can handle that. I didn't have to articulate everything and make it be real, make it make a lot of sense. I just had to sit and say, God, help. I don't know what else to say. And he does. Some of the things about prayer that we don't like is it's not measurable. We like projects, like start this program at church. Uh, Go clean up someone's yard. Go organize these things. Get these people together. They're fine and wonderful things, but how does God change the world? Prayer. And you can't measure it. And it seems very ineffective, inefficient, like we're wasting time. But if we're going to acknowledge that God is God, he's communicated very clearly that we are called to pray, then it must do something greater than our little minds could ever imagine. Only speaking for God will hint at our arrogance. If we are really concerned in our life just about speaking for God, there's a hint of arrogance at minimum in our life. Someone who only speaks about God hints at a separation from God that he is way too far away to ever have an interaction or affection for. But speaking to God in prayer reveals humility. So what do we do? How are we to pray? The Puritan said, uh, pray until you pray. That was their advice. That's wonderful advice. Uh, Pray until you pray. You don't know how to pray? Let's sit down and just pray together. And you and I are going to learn how to pray. How do you learn to communicate with another human being? You just start talking. How do you uh, train to run a 5K race? Well, you just start running at some point. And it's the same thing about prayer. The best way to grow in your life of prayer is to pray. 
And if it's not a part of your life, the beginning step is just to pray. No fancy words. You don't have to be organized. It's you sitting down with the God of creation that looks at you with longing and love and grace and mercy, and he wants to hear. There's nothing wrong with formal prayers, but our tendency with formal prayers, like we said the Lord's Prayer this morning, it's a wonderful prayer. It's a great thing to say. You can be in the habit to say it every day, but if that's the only way you pray, what's going to happen is, you're going to separate from any affection or emotion or concern in your life because you're only going to focus on what's mentioned in that prayer. And the the danger of the other side of saying, I will not read any prayer. I'm just going to pray with whatever comes to my mind. Well, you're like me. Whatever's going to come to your mind are only certain things. So you're going to leave out a whole category of things to pray for. So a healthy prayer prayer life might be blending them together. But the real command is to pray. To meet the God who has come to meet you and initiate and provide everything you need. A great way to pray is just to read through the psalm. Take one psalm every day or one verse. Make it as simple as you possibly can. And read it and then pray that for your prayer. One of the reasons we print out the bulletin, is so when you leave, if you have no idea how to commune with God the rest of the week, you have everything right there. You have a pattern of how do you commune with God. I believe at the center of our failure to pray is not self-discipline or scheduling or having the correct words But the great failure is that we don't believe God is this welcoming. And we really don't believe he's that interested in our life. We feel like he's interested in other things and not you. And so our big failure in the the root of prayer is lack of faith that God actually cares, that he welcomes us, and that he wants to hear I think our prayer lives would be encouraged if we took a few moments before we ever prayed just to remind ourselves that we are praying to a gracious, benevolent, loving Father. As a father, when uh, I am in my right mind and my children come home, uh, first of all, I'm excited that they're my kids. And then I'm excited that my kids are home. And then I'm excited that they communicate with me. This is how God looks at you. He is excited that you are his. And then he's excited that you're turning toward him. And there's going to be some communication. And then he's excited that you communicate with him. This is what God longs for. We pray not because it is our idea, but because God calls us to. He's the one who's initiated this. He's the one who says, all right, if you understand my kingdom, 
and you are a child of mine, and I love and embrace you, come and speak to me. Share with me your hurt and your brokenness and your burden. What is the greatest need we have in this church? This, that you and I would pray for our neighbors, for our families, for our church community, for our city, for our world. That is our greatest need. And this is what God calls us to do. He calls us to pray. And remember that God is the object of our prayer, and the object of our prayer loves us, calls us to himself, and welcomes us. God is more willing to answer your prayers than you are to pray them. As we come to the Lord's table this morning, we come to be reminded of the God who meets us. And the great thing about having communion every week is that uh, you and I have time to interact with God. Repent of our sin. Remember his promises of grace. To rest in our status as children of God. And to bring all of our burdens and worries to him. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, you are abundantly gracious. You are the great initiator. You are welcoming and faithful. And this morning as we come to this table, I ask that you would meet us here. You would remind us of your promises and help us to be thankful. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.